Cross Discipleship Center. And we thank you for all of our, our partners who have partnered with us for their tithes and their offerings, both through our website and their mail uh, through uh, lighthousediscipleship.org. Anyway, excuse me. So anyway, um, we're going to be continuing our Bible study tonight, like I said, from Effortless Change <coughs> by Andrew Womack. And we'll be picking up at the end of chapter 8. We didn't quite finish last week. And we'll pick up chapter 8 talking about don't quit. Uh, Andrew's been talking a lot about John the Baptist. And then his own testimony about not quitting. And, uh, and one of those things that he has emphasized, and which was the last section we was talking about, <coughs> excuse me, standing on the word. And so... We'll pick it up there, and then we'll go to chapter 9 tonight, and more show work. And so, anyway, again, we're in chapter 8 tonight. If you have a book, uh, the last chapter, I mean, excuse me, the end of chapter 8, the title, section title, Stand on the Word on page 83. So, anyway, Sherry's going to read for us, and then we'll talk about it. All right, and happy Mother's Day to all you mothers. Yes, thank you, and happy Mother's Day. For many Christians, all the devil has to do is give you the slightest little hint of emotion contrary to what the word says, and you fold up like a $2 suitcase and fall apart. The Bible says that if the Spirit lives inside you, you have love, joy, and peace, Galatians 5.22. But all somebody has to do is just say the slightest little thing to criticize you, and you fall apart. Maybe your pastor didn't speak to you as you walked down the hall. You feel neglected and ignored. Perhaps someone said something about you or didn't give you the attention you need. Whatever has distracted you, it's time to pull your thumb out of your mouth and grow up. We need to recognize that the Word of God is what's supposed to work in our life. What if you were in a crisis situation and doubting the way that John the Baptist was? Would you be asking the Lord to give you something emotional? To have an angel appear for a goosebump to go up and down your spine? Would you want someone to call you up and say, I think you're awesome? If you're looking for those kinds of responses, you're looking in the wrong place. You need to go to the Word of God. Are you doing what God has told you to do? Do you have a promise from God? Has He led you to move in the direction you're going in? If He has, then take the Word of God and stand in faith. doesn't matter how you feel. Just keep doing what God told you to do. Don't back off of it. Get to where the Word of God becomes absolute authority in your life, and you aren't going to back off of it regardless of what anybody has or hasn't done. When you get that kind of an attitude, and the Word of God begins to dominate you, then you will overcome doubt. You'll be walking in faith. Faith is seldom a feeling. Very seldom do you just feel this surge of boldness. At times you will walk in the gift of faith. However, most of the times when I've seen great things happening in my life, I stepped out in faith. My emotions were wavering, but I just chose not to go by them. I decided not to be bound by them. I knew what God's Word said, administered it from my heart. I stood in what the Word of God said, sometimes with my knees shaking. But that's faith. Some people think that faith is having an absence of any problems, doubts, or fears. It's not. It's just learning how to reject those things 
and not let them control you as you take a stand on the Word of God. All right, good stuff. So again, we're in uh, Everless Change by Andrew Womack. We're in Chapter 8, Don't Quit, and uh, the last section, Stand on the Word. Andrew's got a lot of good nuggets here if you had a good listening here, so I'm going to break some of these up in pieces. Uh, towards the second paragraph, actually in the second paragraph, uh, he says, um, <coughs> excuse me, I'm just going to read most of it. We need to recognize that the Word of God is what's supposed to work in our lives. The Word of God is supposed to work. It's not just a book. It's not just ink. It's a person. And He works. He's alive. Uh, and you can have a relationship. It's supposed to work. It's a seed. That seed is supposed to grow. It is supposed to gestate, germinate, and produce fruit. What if you were in a, a crisis situation? Would you doubt, I'm going to paraphrase on this, would you doubt like John the Baptist? Would you be asking the Lord to give you something emotional? To have an angel appear? Or for goosebumps to run up and down your spine? Would you want someone to call you and say, I think you're awesome? If you're looking for those kinds of responses, you're looking in the wrong place. We need to go to the Word of God. God's Word needs to dictate our lives. Our, you know, when we don't know what to do, when we're in a crisis, when we're maybe falling apart, whatever the case may be, we're in a fork in the road, uh, maybe emotionally, maybe financially or vocationally. The first place we, anytime we have a crisis, anytime we have a need, the first place we should be going to is our Abba. You know? And it might not be something we always feel. We just choose. <coughs> we default to go back to our author. We want to hear what he has to say about it before we go to anyone else, before we go to, uh, even to our own reasoning. You know, he should be, if we're, if we're waiting for man's approval, if we're waiting for man to recognize and esteem us, we're, we're, we're looking for our there's a word and a phrase I'm looking for, but we're looking for our value. We're looking for our our purposeness. We're looking for our identity in the wrong stuff. If you just want to feel feel good, go see a psychiatrist. You know, go 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 to the world has all kinds of stuff. The world will go to a bar. The world will will do all kinds of stuff and will uh, use all kinds of. Uh, Mechanisms like drugs and whatever to feel good. But I don't want to just feel good. I want to be good. And I want to do good. And I want to be in my right mind. And I don't want to, I don't want to, I want to be different than that. And I believe as, as children of God, as God's kids, we're better than that. We have a better resource to go to. We have a better support system to go to. Now, I'm not saying there's not, nothing wrong with running something by your pastor or loved ones, you know, if they're trusted and whatnot. Just because you love somebody doesn't mean that they can offer you the best wisdom, you know, and whatnot. And there's, uh, the psalm says there's wisdom in the counsel of many. At the same point in time, what is that counsel? <laughs> does the counsel, does the, the source where you're getting in counsel from, is their number one value God's word? I mean, is, is your number one uh, counsel, uh, what it used to be called a newspaper, was it Abby? Uh, or people used to write, Dear Abby, or oh, yeah. Dear Abby, or your horoscope, or whatever. You know, 
you know, there's counsel in the, in the wisdom of many. But your counsel, who are they getting their wisdom from? Is it God and His Word? Do they value God? Or do, are you just looking for philosophy? Are you looking for the wisdom of men instead of the wisdom of God? You know, uh, whose approval are you looking for, men or God? Now, <coughs> I get it, we all want acceptance. But there can be a time where, like I, I think it was Jeremiah and even Isaiah to a certain degree, God told me that we're going to have a ministry and no one was going to listen to him. <laughs> I don't know about you, most of us wouldn't be able to handle that. And that's an important time, you know, and I can't, you know, I've been a crybaby sometimes when things aren't going right, right? And I know I've wanted acceptance, and I've been there too. I'm not picking on anybody. If I'm picking on anyone, I'm picking on myself. At the same point in time, you know, there's a better way. He goes on to say, are you doing what God has called you to do? Do you have a promise from God? Has he led you to move in the direction that you're going in? If he has, then take the word of God and stand in faith. It doesn't matter how you feel. Just keep doing what God told you to do. You know, uh, you know I talked a, lot, a little bit about these lines this morning. It wasn't a major point I made. But, you know, we have to also be careful of creating an Ishmael versus an Isaac. But there's a difference between doing what God's called you to do. Like Abraham calling himself Abraham when he didn't even have any kids. Abraham met, by definition, a father of many. And, you know, doing what God called him to do, going where God called him to go, even though, you know, uh, look at Noah building a boat. It never ever, in, in all history, up to that point, it had never rained, let alone be a flood. You know, and he didn't just build it, he didn't just build an ark preparing for a flood, he built it on a mountain. I mean, if you're preparing for a flood, at least I would build it in a place where you're going to have flash flood warnings, you know, uh, in a place where you might have a, a secondary chance of having some water. But the building on the mountain, you know, that way, I mean, that's even more faith than I really, you know, realized growing up. <coughs> no one else is building a boat, and I'm sure, and he didn't, it didn't just take a few days. This was not just a weekend project. You know, he built this over a period of Hundreds of years. You know, his whole life mission was building that boat. <laughs> you know, and... But if God's called you to do something, go do it. At the same point in time, I'm not saying do, do it in your own strength, in your own wisdom, and creating an Ishmael. You know, at the same point in time, going back to the Ishmael, God never told Abraham and Sarah to, uh, for him to sleep with Hagar. That was never God's plan. No, it was through Sarah the seed was going to come. Yeah, and so they, they, they twisted God's word. They made it something different. They didn't just do it in their own strength. They also did something totally different. They added on. They put a but where God didn't put a but. You know, they, they, they put an and in where God didn't say and. They, they were trying to help God out, but God says to your seed Sarah, the promise will come, the promise seed will come. And they were trying to do it to Hagar. And, 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 and you know, the, we don't have to improvise. We don't have to make shortcuts. We don't have to, uh, uh, you know, do things that are contrary to God's word, you know, or whatnot. Um, some, you know, sometimes it is good to run things by a pastor, a mentor. 
You know, even Andrew has had mentors. You know, he has certain people in his life, some people on his board. I mean, he's told them, you have a right to speak in my life about anything. Now, he's not going to say that to everybody, and it's going to be a very small list. <coughs> I've had people in my lifetime where I, uh, it's a small list of people, but uh, usually just two or three people where I say, you can speak anything about my life, into my life. But other people, I don't give that ability to. Uh, I don't want that many voices, first of all. And second, and first, I don't think that's healthy. They have a lot of people speaking very intimate, deep things and, and whatnot. But I think we all should, you know, it's dangerous running footloose doing your own thing. And no accountability. And no, uh, you know, that's a Lone Ranger. Even Lone Ranger had Tonto. <laughs> you know, even Batman had Robin. You know, uh, you know some of the superhero mo movies we've watched, they had a team. They weren't just footloose doing their own thing. Now, they got sometimes in trouble doing their own thing, and or sometimes their team, you know, team wasn't a team. But, you know, some of these movies and shows that we've watched before, that's some of my favorite things, the team doing it together. Uh, you know, even Jesus sent them out by twos. Uh, and so, you know, but if God's told you to do something, no matter how you feel, go do it. He goes on to talk about this. Um, I kind of skimmed through some of this. Um, he, he, I just go back to the next last paragraph. He, he said, uh, no, I'm sorry, I'm looking on the wrong, wrong paragraph, wrong page. I must have closed my book. Um, he said, don't back off it. Get to where the God, Word of God becomes absolute authority in your life. And if you aren't going to if you aren't going to back off of it, regardless of what no, anyone has or hasn't done, when you get that kind of attitude and the Word of God becomes so dominant, then you will overcome doubt and you'll be walking by faith. You know, you have to get to, I mean, I don't know how to say it enough, and I am speaking this even to myself at times. We have to get to a point where this is the absolute authority in our life. I'm not talking about legalism. I'm not talking about being legalistic. But his word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You know, the, Israel did not only went with the pillar of cloud and went leaven by day, and with the pillar of fire and leaven by night. They did not strip. We should hear a voice behind you that says, This is the way, walk ye in it. But no matter how we feel, no matter what anyone else is doing, not doing, that God's word is an absolute authority in our lives and so we we have we have, we have to value it. if we don't value it to that attitude and that level for me in one sense of the word we don't value it at all and so and so uh, it has to be our life it has to be uh you know we're not going to do anything that unless we've heard from god you know moses even said lord if you don't lead us uh uh um, if your presence doesn't go with us, then not leave us from here. Uh, and then he goes on to say, and I, this kind of goes along the lines of what I was talking about this morning, the faith is seldom a feeling. Very seldom do you feel the surge of boldness. <coughs> Excuse me. And at times you will walk in the gift of faith, but however, most of the times when I've seen great things happen in my life, I've stepped out in faith. My emotions were wavering, but I just chose not to go by them. I decided not to be bound by them. I knew what God's word said, 
and ministered it from my heart. I stood on what the Word of God said, sometimes with my knees shaking, but that's faith. And there's a difference between faith and phony. There's a difference between faith and foolish. You know, again, that's why you need to know God. you got to have a relationship with God's Word. If you don't have a relationship with God's Word, then you don't know Him. You don't know His Word. You don't know, uh, you know, I know what Sherry would or would not. I can have a whole conversation with her and she's not even there. I can even have a conversation with her and she is there and she's laughing because I said exactly what she was going to say. Why? Because I know this woman. I know her. You know, we're, we're uh, this month we're going to be celebrating our 21st anniversary, you know, and, and I just know her. You just get to know somebody, you know, and so I just know him. I, I, I know God and I know certain things. I don't know everything about him and I, there's still things I'm learning about her. But at the same point in time, you know, uh, we'll, we'll spend all eternity getting to know God, but at the same point we can know him to a certain level, you know. Some people can say, well, God doesn't heal all the time. Baloney. <laughs> You're not going to convince me that God does not heal all the time. You're not going to convince me that God wants me poor. You're not going to convince me that it's okay to sin. You're not going to convince me of certain things. Why? Because I know God. And I'm just using a few things as examples and some of the, big, the biggies. But there's just some things I know that are just not true. You know? Um, you just can't sell me on that. If you're trying to get, if you try to tell me that you know uh, speaking in tongues is of the devil, I'm not going to listen to you. <laughs> Why? Because my Bible tells me differently. My God tells me differently. And I'm just giving some examples, but there's certain things I just know that I know that I know that God's called me to do. You know, there's been different people. I forget all the different ministers. I'm sure Andrew and Dwayne Sheriff and some of the people have gotten it, where someone comes to give them the word that they're supposed to. Uh, that their spouse is going to die and supposed to divorce their spouse so they can marry them. They knew that wasn't God. I mean, first of all, uh, it goes totally contrary to the principles of God, and that's not something God would say. And each one, anytime, you know, and those are extremes, but those things, that type of foolishness happens, you know, uh, when you don't have a relationship with God, you know, and sometimes it's not as clear cut as that. Uh, by the same point in time, it can be a little more, you know, sometimes we we don't know which way to go. We don't know if, if we should make this business adventure or not, or this or that, or or uh, get this car, or make this move, or, or whatever. The, there can be a lot of different things where we just like, Lord, I need to know, am I making a bad choice here, a wrong decision here, you know? And Anytime we have a major decision, we talk about it, we pray about it, you know, and sometimes we bounce it off a, few, a couple of people that we trust, you know. Uh, but even if what, even when we bounce it off people, it's not what God's telling us we're going to do, hopefully, and there's been times we've missed it, but uh, we're hopefully going to do what God's called us to do. And, you know, and sometimes our emotions are, are we're shaking the knees, and we're, we're, we're not sure, you know, but we are inquiring, we're seeking God. We're seeking Him, and He has never failed us when we seek Him, you know. And so, um, uh, some people think that it's faith. It's faith is having an absence of any problems, doubt, or fears. It's not. It's just learning how to reject those things and not be, not let them con control you as you take a stand on the Word of God. You can still have doubts. You can still have fears. I'm not promoting that. 
you can still, um, what's the other word you use? You can still have problems. But you are choosing, like I was saying in the morning, you can, you're choosing to trust God. You're choosing to believe God and His Word and what He's told you to do and what He's different things. And so, uh, you know, um, uh, there's just all kinds of, of stories I could tell you. But, you know, I mean, I'll give you one little example. Uh, we shared this testimony many times with different people. But back in 2013, we were preparing to go to Bible college. Now, granted, between 2009 and 2013, we had lost everything. For five years, we were basically homeless, living with her grandmother. We had no jobs, no car, no, and we didn't even have a phone. We didn't have nothing. We had no dime. We had no income for five years. And uh, we were trying. I was with 30 temp agencies. I couldn't even land an interview. And uh, in past times, I had two or three jobs at one time. I even had two full-time jobs. In college, I even had five jobs. Some of them were part-time and seasonal, but I still had five different jobs. And then, uh, uh, but this particular season, I couldn't even land an interview. God told us to go to Bible college. Some of the counsel we got was wait until we got our our ourselves a little more ahead of the game, but God told us to go to, go to Bible college. Not just one of us, but both of us, and not just part-time, but full-time. Two full-time college students while we're got nothing. We had no bank account. We have we didn't have a bank account at that time. We didn't have nothing. We were, I mean, we were zero with the rim knocked out. We, we, we had nothing. At the same point in time, the council said to wait, but God's telling we're, we're sensing God's telling us to go forward. And one of my reasoning was, besides this throwing that we knew we heard from God, was I'm already on the bottom. Even if I, if I fail, fail, I'm not going to fall anywhere because I'm already at the bottom. When you're on the bottom, you can't fall very far. And so <clears throat> I was at the bottom, and... We signed up. We registered. We had a little bit of money because she did just start getting uh, uh, some work. And and we so we had a little bit of money. We were going to put that towards the phone. One of the reasons we couldn't get a job, we didn't have a phone. It, you know, we were filling out resumes, but how are they going to call you when they have no phone number to call you? It makes it, it makes that a little hard, <laughs> you know? Uh, I mean, they could, you know, they, I mean, they just was hard. We actually had to go... We had, had to hopefully, they would send us an email, so we would walk up to the library about a mile or so, walk up and, and use our computer so we could have Wi-Fi for free, and hopefully they send us an email. And that's the only way, and then we had to borrow a phone to make a phone call. And so, and, you know, it made it very hard, so we might have, there might have been some jobs coming, and we just never got the phone call, because we just, you know, we didn't have a phone. Anyway, uh, but one of my reasons is for going forward to Bible college is besides that, not only could we, well, uh, we could, uh, sorry, sorry, I think I already shared that part. We were already on the bottom. So something else I was going to share about the story. But anyway, when we registered uh, uh, for us, we just, it was just a registration. It wasn't even a tuition yet. We didn't have the money for tuition. And within one hour, given I've already told you, for five years I've been looking for a job with 30 temple agencies, thousands of applications. I couldn't even get an interview. And within one hour of us doing what God told us to do, I got a job. And we start. We have never looked back. We, uh, we, we, we've been going forward. 
January, and that was in that was in October. January, I got laid off that new job, but by then I already had my my bookkeeping business that I had before back up and running again, and uh, I've got eleven clients. I had a hard time getting clients before, and now I, I scored eleven. I scored eleven clients in about two week period, and we were fine until we got into full time ministry. Now we've been in full time ministry for since two thousand sixteen. And then, uh, at least I have been, and now we are bringing in better income than we have in a long time. It keeps it getting better. But my point I'm trying to bring out of this story, that God, we got a word from God. And we went forward. We got some counsels. <coughs> and it wasn't necessarily bad counsel, it just wasn't what God was telling us to do. And so, and when we did it, within one hour, I got a job. And that meant a lot to me when I've been trying for five years. And I scored one almost immediately. And so, I mean, she didn't even get off her ship and different things. And I was able to tell people, family, I got a job. And it was awesome. And God's good. God's faithful. And there's been other things God told me. Another story real quick. You know, God, back when we first got married in May and, and June, I mean, May, May 2000. But in June, we were going to go to Wisconsin. Long story short, we were, uh, I got a youth pastor in Wisconsin. And we were driving, and uh, long story short, um, I'm trying to make a long story short, but we were going to, uh, we didn't have much yet, we're newlyweds, and we were going to just tow our, our our van on the back of the, uh, 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 the U-Haul. And long story short, uh, um, trying try to keep this concise, but we did. We had some conflicting reports whether this would be safe, not be safe, and uh, some of our loved ones were concerned that it would not be safe. And uh, and I just I just said, you know, out of respect for you, I, I think we're going to be fine. But out of respect for you, we won't tow the van, and and uh, we won't do it that way. And they said, well, so you're not going to go to Wisconsin? And I said, no, we're going to go to Wisconsin. God called us there. But if God called us to Wisconsin, then He has more than one way to get us there. If God, it, it, I used to teach, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. And so if God wants us to go to Wisconsin, I'm going to honor you, but we're not going to go that way. We're not going to use that medium to get there. Uh, we were actually having lunch with this person. By the time we finished lunch, uh, I got a phone call from a co-worker that I knew, but we weren't, in, we weren't best friends or anything. I didn't even know how he had my phone number. But anyway, he called me. He said, he left a, had left a, back when we had a, a voice, uh, we had a, Answer machines. Uh, answer machines. Yeah, let them uh, message on my answer machine. Says, Dave, I heard you're going to Wisconsin. Do you by chance need a driver? And I, I called him. I said, I called him back. I'm absolutely. I don't know how you knew I needed a driver, but I need one. And I, I'll call you back with the info. I just need to go call, call my other friend and tell them that uh, God, God already provided a driver. And so uh, there's so many different other testimonies I can give you. Along those lines, but God called us to go to Wisconsin, you know, and uh, and out of respect, so someone else wasn't upset about it. I said, "We'll do it a different way. God will provide," and He provided within the hour. If, uh, another another opportunity. If God wants to get you somewhere and you're willing to go, He'll have a He has more than one way to do it, and so and He's not gonna. Uh, he's got, and when you honor other people in that in those different ways, he's going to honor that. And and uh, anyway, I, I can just tell story after story, but I'm going to be quiet for a moment and let my wife speak. So anyway, 
You know, I'm reminded of the the king in the Old Testament. You know, Israel was under attack, and the people didn't know what to do. They they were outnumbered and scared, and uh, they prayed together. And the king, basically, part of his prayer was, "God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you." And that that simple thing of fixing our eyes on God, on Jesus, and trusting Him, even when the waves and the storm around us are are just scarier than whatever. You know, I mean, even listening to Dave's message, we have to fix our eyes on God. You know, even with all the, our turmoil, our, our feelings going bonkers with fear and doubt and, and whatever, we have to fix our eyes on God and trust Him. And, and if your thought process, if your whole being is, God, your word trumps everything else. I get what it seems in the natural, but your word is higher. It is the only truth. If you have that mindset, I mean, even if you hear testimonies of people going to Karis, you know, some people had to move out of state, quit their jobs, move away from family, uh, step out in faith. They didn't have a place to, to live or, or a job or how they would afford school. There was even people with health issues, but they knew that God called them to go to Bible college. And they stepped out in faith. We even have a, a friend, I want to say he lived in Texas or Florida, um, and him and his wife, they felt God called him to the Bible college in Colorado, and uh, they didn't have money for the class. He didn't even have a job, and, and yet God said, keep going, go to Bible college. And he was like, God, okay, I'm going, but just so you know, I can't afford it. And he would go, he you know went through registration, sat in the first class, and he's on the inside, he's saying, God, you're telling me to do this, but I don't have the finances. And he, I forget how many days it was. It couldn't have been many because, you know, you need to pay for your classes. And uh, finally, uh, he, he just, um, I mean, he was, it, it was unnerving to take your, your fi family, your wife, uh, you know, across so many states and, and uh, step out in faith like that, you know, not have a job, uh, and uh, God provided. And uh, he is now, I forget his title now, but, but he's on staff at the Bible College, and um, you know, that's just one story. We have, we've heard stories of people with health issues who should, in the natural, be staying home in bed with the worst case doctors uh, uh, whatever you call it, uh, what the doctor told them what was going on, and you know, they didn't have a chance. And they were like, No, God told me to go to Bible college, and you know, they dragged themselves over to Bible college, uh, but God healed them because they stepped out in faith. But it was all, all these testimonies have one thing in co common these people fixed their eyes on. God on Jesus and what he did. I mean, look at Peter's example of walking on the water. Uh, you know, they thought Jesus was a ghost walking on the water, actually going to go past them. 
And Peter, you know, opened up his mouth and said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. And Jesus said, come. And Peter, out of all the disciples, stepped out on the, on the water and walked over to Jesus. And as soon as he took his eyes off, of course he sunk, but Jesus was there to, to pull him out. But the, the thing is, we have to fix our eyes on God. When God calls us to do something, if we look in the natural, we're going to find all excuses not to do whatever God's called us to do. But when we fix our eyes on God, when we fix our eyes on the supernatural, the, the God's kingdom, if we fix our eyes on that, that is more uh, real, more true, more powerful than what we can see in the natural. You know, Dave brought out Adam, not Adam, Abraham and Sarah, that they figured out, hey, I see this in the natural, we're not having kids. The only natural way for Abraham to have a kid is in the natural, uh, be with another woman, because it's not happening, you know, between Abraham and Sarah. And so they, they figured, hey, in the natural, you know, this is the way to do it, so we can fulfill God's word. Well, that was in the natural. God had all it had it totally covered by his promises to Abraham what he it was his covenant to Abraham that Abraham would be the, the father of many nations that out of Abraham and Sarah's seed alone uh, would, would come their son um, uh, Isaac and you know Andrews you know, Andrew's uh, uh, last section there, you know, it doesn't matter if we have doubt and fear. If God said this, then we got to hold on to that. You know, we knew God was the only one to get us out of that five-year famine of no jobs. And all we knew to do was to fill application after application after application to get a job and God never said, sit back on the couch and watch the TV, you know, until I provide. Uh, no. <laughs> we, we trusted God. We, we had our eyes fixed on him. But, but we did what he said to do. And uh, You know, that last little section says you can't have doubt, you can't have fear. But which one's stronger? Which one's more dominant? There's a movie out there called Facing the Giants, and you can't allow your fears to clobber your face. You know, um, which one's stronger? You know, because whatever one's stronger is really the one that's leading your team of voices, as I can put it that way. Um, you know, you might have, you might be shaking at the knees and whatnot, but you are choosing to trust God, and you're taking a step of faith, and you're you and so so you, uh, you're choosing to trust God, and so your faith is actually stronger than your belief. But some people, their, their unbelief is stronger than faith, and they don't do anything. They play it safe. They don't do anything. And there's a difference between playing it safe and playing it stupid. You know, and doing something your own thing. You know, you're trying to make it, you know. I've seen a lot of people, there's been a lot of people, and at times even myself, who have gone into ministry, a good thing, a God, following the calling of God to go into ministry, but yet doing ministry their own way. You know, trying to make a super kingdom or trying to make a super ministry or whatever the case may be. Doing it on straight. God might have called you to ministry. And there's a difference between God calling you to ministry and God sending you to ministry. 
Some people want to go to ministry, but they refuse to go to Bible college. They refuse to get trained. You know, I think everyone should go to Bible college. <coughs> I mean, uh, if you have another career and if, you know, Karis can't help you or whatnot, go get Bible college and then go to your career with that knowledge in your, in your, in your, in your system. I think everyone should go. I think there should be no reason to go. We offer free classes on our website, and some people come and some people don't. You know, it's free. You know, <coughs> and yeah, and, uh, Sherry was sharing how in uh, Karis and, and uh, Andrew's book, Financial Stewardship, he talks about this in the introduction, where he says, you know, uh, he says, and there's hundreds of students that go to his his, his Bible college in Colorado, and they have extension schools nationwide. I mean, worldwide actually. Um, but um, he says a lot of these students, they quit their, like Sherry was saying, they quit their jobs, they quit their careers, sell their homes, or they have no money to begin with, like this other friend of ours. Uh, and there's all kinds of different stories. But he says a lot of them, not only did they quit their job, but they moved out of state. And they had to get a part-time job because they couldn't do part-time, they couldn't do full-time work and go to full-time classes. Classes are Monday, in Karis, Colorado, classes are Monday through Friday. From like I don't know what eight seven eight in the morning till uh, at about noontime, five days a week. So you you know you have to have a part time job. You got classes, and then you got you know you get a lot of them have church on Sunday. They should you know and, and as required as a Bible college student. So you know that so they they not only did they quit their job, they moved, they went, they're paying a tuition, and then they're. Working half, usually a part-time job compared to the job that they quit. Everything, everything is marking failure. And yet, Andrew says, 80% of his students who do what God called them to do, they end up, they graduate better financially than they ever were when they left home. 84%. They have less income, they have less job, but somehow, and they're paying the tuition and, and everything else that I just mentioned, and yet they end up being better financially when they left, when they graduate and they finish than when they started. Why? Because they're trusting God. God is their source. It works. He says 80% of them do. It's not 100% bad in record. There's different stories and there's different reasons, you know, but at the same point in time, uh, that is the norm. 80% is the norm. When you have an 80% success record, that is the norm for those who go to Karis Bible College. That's pretty amazing when you think about it because that 80% are those who trusted God. You know, I used to hear stories of, you know, people getting uh, cars for free or getting their house paid off or, or different things because other believers um, um, just had that uh, placed on their heart by God to, to give. Um, and I used to think, well, well, how do you go about getting a free car? How do you, how do you, you know, do that? Because at the time, I didn't understand. And it's all about trusting God. It's not about, oh, hey, it works for that person. It work, work, should work for me. It doesn't. No. <laughs> you know, Dave. Uh, I wish you, I wish you'd have listened to Dave's message this morning and last week before tonight's message. Uh, but there, there's a 
a verse, and I wish I had brought my, my notes out so I could quote you exactly where this verse is. But it, it talk, I believe it was talking about Abraham, and it was saying that, that God calls those things um, that aren't in, into being. I'm totally chopping it up. But it was God who calls things into being. It's not us saying a magic formula. It God at creation spoke and things were created. God said, boom, there, there was water on the earth. God said, boom, that you know there was dry land. God said, boom, there was trees and plants. God said there were animals. It, it, it's God who's the creator, and when he speaks things happy, our part of it is to believe. And, you know, all of these testimonies of, say, people's house getting paid off, or God giving them a car when they needed it, uh, their testimony was they weren't trusting in people, they were trusting in God to help them meet this need. And, you know, when we have our expectation on some other person helping us, that's wrong. People are not perfect. People let us down. They're not God. God is who we, we are to have our trust, our faith, our belief in. He uses people, but people are not our source. God is our source for everything. He's the one that will move mountains for us. Yeah, we can command the mountains, but we have to have that faith, that trust in God. Um, just went out of my, my mind. I wanted to share something else, but that's okay. I know we need to get uh, back into this study. But it's... When God calls us to do something, He will make a way. You know, just like Abraham and Sarah, they thought, oh, well, it's not happening so we're we're gonna strive. We're gonna we're gonna make it happen. We're gonna push this square peg in a round hole because of of what uh, how we it has to be. But it's not. We can't make things happen. You know the thing I was thinking of that I wanted to share. You know Dave had talked about. You know it's the the. The difference between God calling someone into ministry and God sending them to ministry. You know, we personally have heard people in the past been given words by another person saying, you're going to start this ministry. You're going to start this church. You're, you're going to do this, that, or the other thing. And they try to make it happen. Well, the, the problem with that is God never spoke to their heart previous before that word they never were in the word of God and God's word affirmed that in their heart before they were given that word and they tried to make that word happen it, it's basically making your own ishmael it's it's, it's uh, putting someone's word someone's prophecy above the word of God yeah. that's bad that's dangerous you know and I'm, not, I'm all for a prophecy. I'm all for getting the word. But don't ever put that above this word. Don't ever put that above. And that, that's, that's dangerous. You know, and uh, that's, uh, you know, uh, that's minimizing this authority in your life. This, it can affirm this, 
but it's not going to be, it's not going to replace this, you know. Um, I mean, when God told us to go to Bible college, I'm not going to reverse them to go to Bible college. But I do, I do know this, the devil's not going to want you to go to Bible college. And your flesh many times doesn't want to go to Bible college. So, let's spend the money and whatnot. You know, so, I mean, at the same point in time, you know, uh, you know, I'm not saying everyone's supposed to just get up and quit their job and, and deny their family and whatnot. But at the same point in time, you know, uh, also don't put God in the box that he can only work this way. Sometimes we might have to take a trust of faith. Even, and hopefully your family can trust you with that. But, uh, you know, it just, uh, uh, and I'm not just, I'm not trying to focus it all on Bible college. I'm just using that as an example. There's other things, you know. Uh, other things, areas where God, we need to trust God, you know. Um, there's been times where God's told me to step out of ministry and go back to work. I've, I've had to go the other way. And so, <clears throat> and, and, and whatnot. Um, you know, I, I went to my board this last uh, fall and said, you know, uh, I, felt, I just feel like we need to take me off the payroll. Uh, it was more because of finances for, for the church's sake. But I asked for to take me off the payroll. I wouldn't dare have to stop doing what I do. I still do everything I still do. But sometimes the word goes in a different direction. Now, I'm not going to find a, a, a scripture and verse in here, but there are principles and there are uh, management principles and different things that if you read it, it's in there. And so, uh, but you know, uh, and you know, I didn't find a scripture. Mary Sherry, <laughs> Mary Sherry England, you know, no, 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 but, but there are other things that God still has led me by his word, you know, he's not, but just because I get a word for something, you know, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not codependent for a word, I'm codependent on the word of God, and uh, hopefully I'm making sense, but when I did get that word, and when I did get a word, it just, I just knew, uh, or different things, I just knew it lined up. I, you know, when you learn to get, you know, when you learn to get to know God through His Word, like I said, the Word is not the ain't the Word, it is a person. When another Word comes, and it doesn't sound like the God that you know, then I, you know, I, I mean, it, you know, it, someone came to me and said, Sherry told me such and such. For example, I'm just like, I get something that Sherry didn't like. Um, Sherry told you to go pick up cilantro at the grocery store. No, she didn't. <laughs> Sherry won't allow cilantro in the house. I like cilantro. Now, she's joking. If I do get cilantro in my pizza and different things like that. I like cilantro. But Sherry's not going to ask me to go pick up cilantro. She doesn't like how it smells. She doesn't like how it tastes. She doesn't like anything about cilantro. You know, she wants nothing to do with it. She doesn't want to see it. She doesn't want to look at it. She doesn't want to smell it. She would never tell me to go pick up cilantro. Uh, now, I might tell you to go pick up cilantro, <laughs> you know, but uh, 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 by the same point in time, when you know God, when you know Him, him how, how are you going to get to know God through a word, through a third person, if you will never get to know Him one-on-one -on -one personally yourself? You know, I, I'm not saying that God can't give you a word through a third person, but if you're His child, why don't you have your own personal relationship? And, uh, and allow another person to confirm the word that God is, you know. Uh, are we just getting the words when we need it? Are we, 
Are we are we trying to get a word, kind of like we're trying to get a, the, our horoscope for the day? Are we trying to get a word and, you know, a lot of times when God gave me a word, I wasn't looking for it. You know, back in two, 1999, before I met Sherry, uh, it was 98, 99, I had just, had, I had a breakup, I had another fiance, we, uh, I broke off, it, was, it didn't go, it didn't end well, I got very emotional, it broke my heart. But I had also got, at that same season, a long story, but I would be, had become the youth pastor of a, a church in San Dimas. And, uh, and I, it was, I was just, it was the first or second Sunday, and it was one of those meet and greet times in, in between the worship and the message, and we were greeting one another. I didn't know anybody yet. I was getting to know the people, and I was shaking hands with this one particular lady, and she said, are you married? Now, she was older than me, not that I had anything to do with it, but, she, but uh, she was at least 30 years older than me, so it wasn't like she was hitting up on me. But at the same point in time, she asked to be married. I go, no, actually, I just had an engagement file fire. She goes, good, because she wasn't the one for you. You're going to find her one day in a prayer meeting. Now, that's what word I got. Now, when I get a word like that, I just kind of shelf it. I didn't necessarily ignore it. I didn't, I didn't say that's not God. But at the same point in time, I didn't say that is God. I just kind of shelf that word. And I just put it in the back of my mind. And uh, I remember uh, it was about several months later. And... I mean, you got to know my youth group. My youth group, my parents were trying to, anytime I took, took them anywhere, they got every every girl they found, they got their name and their phone number, they were trying to hook me up with any girl that, 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 that was walking and breathing. I wasn't. And they were telling, Dave, you're always at the church praying and doing this and that. I was at the church every day praying, and that was a long story how that all came about. And they were trying, now don't get me wrong, I was looking. But I wasn't looking like they wanted me to look. And uh, I was praying one night at the church. You, most of the time, I opened up to anybody. There was three churches meeting in the same building. Hardly anyone ever came. But every once in a while, I had a couple families that would come once in a while. But I was still praying there every night. And all of a sudden, well, actually before that happened, back up, I was, uh, I was in the restroom one day at the house I was living in. I was renting out a room. I was washing my hands, and the Lord reminded me of that word from that lady. Uh, back several months before. Anyway, I mean, it hit me so strong I almost fell over. Uh, I mean, I didn't. Uh, it just, it just hit me so strong. I, but I just remembered that word, and I didn't do anything about it. I wasn't trying to. I wasn't trying to create prayer meetings so I could meet my wife, and that was the word. It just came about for another reason because there was some strife and division in the church, and I was trying to bring unity. That wasn't. It wasn't because uh, I was trying to. Well, God said, I'm going to meet the girl in the prayer meeting. I'm going to be at the church praying all the time. That, that wasn't my reason. I wasn't even thinking along those lines. But anyway, one particular night, I was praying. Sherry, her dad, and her mom came. And that was the first time. Uh, Sherry had already taken notice of me, but I hadn't taken notice of her yet. <coughs> but uh, I started that night. Yeah, but anyway, that's where we met. That's where shortly thereafter, uh, we got acquainted. And uh, it was only a a few months before we were actually engaged to get married. And uh, so, but I did meet her in prayer meeting. And I wasn't trying to fulfill that word. That's what I'm trying to get that. That was something very pressure. I was still kind of wounded. So I wasn't looking aggressively. That I was looking. And I was actually just doing what God had called me to do. To pray for the churches. To pray for the strife going on. I was just doing what God called me to do. In one sense, I had totally forgotten about that word until the night before they came to that prayer meeting. And so when they, 
God reminded me the night before. They come that night, and uh, uh, you know, uh, it just kind of 21 years later, uh, almost 22, because if you count our engagement time, uh, here we are. You know, and so I didn't try to. God gave me a word. It was legit through that lady, but I didn't know it at the time. I didn't let that word dictate how my life was going to go. I just I, I I received it partially at the time because I didn't know for sure it was God. But when it came up came about and and whatnot, I did okay. I put this. Oh, this was that, and it, it affirmed it when we met. It affirmed that word. It affirmed that we were, were to be together. Because I still have some question in my heart, not because of her, but because I was still wounded. I still had a broken heart, and I, I was healing. I was healing, but uh, you know, but I wasn't totally. Uh, you know, I was healed enough to for us to start courting, but I, I was still uh, I was still uh, still tender. <coughs> and so I was questioning that, and so uh, God just affirmed that, and so uh, and and, uh, and everything I'm teaching about about how to receive a word is in this word, and so anyway, he's just awesome. So, all right. Well, uh, how are we doing on time? About seven minutes. Seven minutes. Okay. Well, let's just read a little bit, and then I'm going to probably read the intro to chapter nine, and we'll get our feet wet, and then we'll uh, we'll call it a night. When I first began seeking the Lord, I had come from a background that didn't believe that God did miracles today. I had been taught that there wasn't any such thing as angelic visitations, the audible voice of God, or supernatural unctions from the Lord. Those things didn't exist to us. When I became baptized in the Holy Spirit and began to study the Word under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I realized that those things didn't pass away with the Apostles. I started listening to other people's testimonies and began seeking to see an angel or have God speak to me in an audible voice. One of the ministers I listened to a lot back then would often have a burning sensation in the palms of his hands. When ministering to people, he would lay both of his hands on them. If the burning in his hand jumped, then it was the healing God was performing. If it didn't jump, but just burned in his hands, then it was a deliverance God was bringing about. This supernatural manifestation of God's power caused an actual phys physical manifestation this minister could perceive. I began to pray and seek the Lord for things like that. I started asking God questions like, Why haven't I ever had any of those kinds of supernatural things happen to me? Then the Lord showed me this truth about how Jesus helped John the Baptist to overcome his doubts. He revealed to me the reasons that Jesus didn't respond to John on an emotional level, but instead used God's word to raise him up was because of God's respect for John the Baptist. It's because he honored him so much, not because he honored him so little, that he referred him back to the word. I began to see that believing the word of God is actually the highest way to respond to the Lord. Once I understood this, I turned the other direction and prayed, God, I want your best. If it honors you more for me to just take your word and trust your word than to have a vision for you to quicken scripture to me and have that be the way I hear from you, instead of hearing an audible voice or an angelic messenger, then I'll be glad to go that way. So I quit praying for some special manifestation. I've had the Lord give me dreams before. The scriptures speak of what's called a night vision. I've had dreams that I really felt God spoke to me, but I've never had what people call an open vision. 
where you're awake and your eyes are open, but you're seeing into the supernatural realm. I've never heard an audible voice from God. I've never had most of the things that many people claim to have seen or heard. I'm not discrediting them. I'm just saying that I've learned to relate to the Lord through his word, and that I honestly believe that's God's best. All right, so I'm not going to have much time to comment much of this. We're going to come back and we'll reread this section again. I just want to introduce this section. We're, we're kind of turning the page here and going in a little different direction in this book now. But, you know, other, when we're talking about healing ministries per se and faith ministries and working in miracles, yeah, there's different people who have different sensations, a warm feeling, shaking feeling, there's all kinds of different manifestations. And like Andrew, I'm not necessarily... Uh, rebuking those or whatnot, but I I agree with Andrew. With I think the highest form of uh, how do you say it? the highest form of I can't I can't find it now. The highest way to respond to the Lord is through His Word. I don't need a sensation. I don't need a shaking feeling. I don't need warm palms or whatever the case may. I just need to know that God said I can lay hands on the sick and they should recover. That's all I need. Why? Because the Word of God says it. I don't need a manifestation. Do I believe people have the gift of healing and the gift of miracles? The gift of faith? Absolutely. Excuse me. But I'm not looking for a manifestation. I'm looking to the Word of God. And if God says I can lay hands on the sick and they recover, then I'm going to lay hands on the sick and I expect them to recover. You know? There's a lot of different things out there of why people are not getting healed in different things, but I'm going to trust the Word of God. I'm not waiting for a manifestation. I'm not waiting for a dream or a vision. I've had dreams. I, I have a, a, what I consider God dreams almost every week but since high school. Since uh, high school, I've almost had, a, not every week, but almost every week, I've had what I consider a God dream. And I don't think they're always visions. And I never had. I don't think I've ever had an open vision like uh, Andrew said he's never had. But I've had, had many God. What I consider God dreams. I used to write them down. I used to. I even have a binder in my office of some dreams I had back uh, about in the first ten years that we were married that I began to write down. And I stopped. And, and I, I kind of wish I didn't. But at the same point in time, you know, I've had stuff, and I've had God give me some things. But you know. Uh, the way, I'm like Andrew. The way that I feel like God ministers to me most is through His Word. If His Word says it, then I, that settles it for me. And uh, and I might get other words and different things, you know, but I'm more... You know, if someone gave me a word, and I knew the word, you know which one I'm going to value? What, what more is this? You may give me a word, and I will probably just shelf it until it comes to pass. I've chosen to do that. I'm not being. I'm not trying to be mean or disrespectful. I'm trying. I'm going to honor this. Your word, even you might mean well, but I, I don't. I don't know you as much as I know this, and so I don't value what you have to say more than I value this. And I'm not trying to pick uh, to, to, to devalue you. I'm just telling you how much I value this. <coughs> I have one Lord. And you're not it. This is my Lord. And God, Jesus is my Lord. And I do not value prophecy over, over the Word of God. I don't value getting a word from God more than I 
value the word of God. Now I'm okay with getting the word of God. I've received words. I've given words. So I'm not devaluing it. But if you if you're gonna put a pecking order to it, I'm gonna I'll take this any day. Now I may not agree with your interpretation of this word. I may, I may not. But uh, but and I know that's where sometimes we differ too at, at times with different people. But I'm gonna value the word of God more than I'm gonna value someone giving me a word of prophecy for the day. Now there've been some times where you know there's some words God's given us that we just know, we know, we know it was God. For example, we have one, I don't, yeah, we have it over here, and you can't see it on the video, but back in 2004, we were at Crossroads making a decision, and God gave us a word. We were both emotional. We both were not actually handle it very well. We both got very emotional in a, in a negative way, uh, you know, kind of complaining about God and, and whatnot, but we were in the middle of our living room floor in our house at Camina, and uh, God said, rest in my goodness, and I'll take care of everything. And that's been a word that God's given us many times through the years. <coughs> Rest in my goodness, and I will take care of everything. Now that's something I can back with Scripture. Now, I'm not going to find a Scripture that says that for word for word, but I can find every piece of that word in this word multiple times over. And so I can rest in His goodness, trust in His goodness, because God's going to take care of everything. Not just some of it, everything. If I will trust Him. If I will rest in his, his goodness. God taught me that he's a good God. He's a good, good father. Sometimes we think that God's trying to get us. Or God's, we're, you know, we're reaping what we've sown. And that might be true. But we can rest in his goodness. Not rest in his discipline. I'm not saying he doesn't discipline us. He does discipline us because he loves us. But I can rest, even in his discipline, there's goodness. There's mercy. And his mercies are new every morning. It's his goodness. I can rest in his goodness and he will take care of everything. And God gave us that word and we framed it. We look at it every day. I look at it every day. I don't know what, what wall I was on, but I forgot what room I'm in. Anyway, we look at it every day. Anyway, God bless you guys. Anything you have to say? Just, just real quick to, to, to end it. You know, God's word says he honors his word above his name. He also says that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. And if every knee will, is supposed to bow at the name of Jesus, yet God said his word is even above that, he honors his word above his name. That's something to really hold close to your heart. God's word should be above everything. Awesome. Well, we'll see you on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock as we talk about the Believer's Authority. And we're getting into a new chapter there as well. So we're kind of turning the page in that book as well. Anyway, um, God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you on Sunday. And uh, happy Mother's Day again to all the awesome moms out there. And we'll talk to you soon. All right.